RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Friday morning, time for our political panel here at RCR. I want to welcome Olivia Pearson back to the panel. Hi, Olivia. Hello, Paul. Good to be back. Nice T-shirt. What does it say? It says pure blood. Ooh, okay. Ooh. You worn that in the street? Oh, I wear it everywhere. Yeah, I bet mm. that gets a few curious glances. Makes people a bit nervous. I hope you wash it once a week. <laughs> Occasionally, once a month. Cam Slater, welcome back. Good morning. How's the crunch? Oh, it's going gangbusters. And, uh, you know, there's a, a couple of interviews that uh, played last night or yesterday afternoon. And uh, people should listen to those. There's a couple of nice fellas from the Democratic Alliance who have got a few truth bombs uh, to drop. And uh, I had David Farah on uh, talking about the wasted vote and how that works and a little bit about polling. And uh, I had Simon Lusk on talking about negative campaigning, seeing as the Labour Party's gone completely negative. And, uh, you know, having him talk about the dark arts of negative campaigning is highly entertaining and uh, people should go and find those replays and share them widely. Marty Gibson back in the wood panelled room for the panel. Good morning. Yep. What's Only- what, have, what have you been up to? I know Media Matters has been hoeing into yeah, things. Media Matters has been uh, been going good. We're sort of we're starting to get more more feedback as, as you are, Cam, and Oh, it's 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 good. Just been doing that, washing carpets, making olive oil. Okay. All right, living the life. Let's get into it, and I want to play this first. Um, in terms of the vaccine mandates, I acknowledge that it was a challenging time for people, but they made ultimately made their own choices. There was no there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. People made their own choices. Nothing to see there. Bull dust. Yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah right. Dr. Malone said a fair while ago, you're going to see a whole slew of public health officials saying nobody had to take it; it was their choice. And uh, we're seeing that all around the world, and they're yeah. using the same language as well, which makes me wonder if it came from a Pfizer Klaus. contract, which we're not allowed to see. Came from Klaus. The, the, yeah. w, the WEF. We say you're all talking unison. Uh, there was yeah. no coercion. There was no compulsion. It was a choice. Don't so, get Marty doing his German accent. It's too frightening. Jawohl. I seen. I know nothing. What was that one? Schultz. I know. Schultz. Schultz. I learned. Bing. I learned all my German from war comics. There was a. There was a fantastic <laughs> uh, interview that uh, Leighton Smith did with Guy Hatchard. Uh, on Wednesday, I don't know if, if you guys caught that. I saw he'd done it. Yeah, but I'm the statistics are starting to come out, and you can kind of see why they're wanting to say, "Hey, we were just trying to." They're help. getting ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but does was, any? Was, but it doesn't fly. Does anyone? No. Is there any I mean, credibility look, in that? You know. Look, people had to take the government to court, and they won their cases. In the case, especially in the case of the police and the army. Yeah, you know, the military, the navy, all of those people were mandated. Mandate means compulsory. They yeah. mandated people in the health sector, all the way to if you were a, a you know a health provider receiving any government money or subsidies and anything, you had to, everyone was mandated. It's only just recently they've taken the mandates off, which is saw you know, uh, pharmacists and doctor's surgery still wearing masks long after everybody else has, except for the complete nutters. And you mean then, the older anxious women I see on the bus? Or in a car by themselves. Yeah. And and then, you know, it's just, it defies belief. There were mandates in place. People did lose their jobs. They lost their careers. They lost their houses all because of this two-tier society that Jacinda Ardern laughed about when she was questioned. <laughs> they forced people to make appalling choices. Yes, there were choices, but what was the alternative? If you were the sole breadwinner in a family and you, were, say, worked for the police or you were in the army or you were in the health sector, and they said, if you don't take this, you can't come to work anymore and your job's over, that's not a choice. That's I would have coercion. said no. Got to say, yeah. so, some I would of have us said, would go have. Stick it. 
See you yes, later. Some of us would have done it. We would have made a choice to protect ourselves. And, and you know, there's some unfortunate cases. I've got a, a friend, a bit of a lefty friend, and her brother worked in the hospital. He's a trained chef, and he was forced to take the, the vaccines and the boosters and the fourth booster. And guess where he is now? In yeah. hospital, not working. In, the in heart, hospital, the cardio after a, ward, right? and after a massive, catastrophic stroke. Oh, right yeah. now, she contacted me to say, "What do I need to do to to help him recover from this?" You know, and I've been helping because I learned that myself. Yeah, what yeah. you have to do to to, and it's a hard road. And he he is a guy that is as stubborn as I am, so he'll probably recover. But he's that's if he doesn't have another one. Well, yeah. that's all right. How do you? That's the thing I always said. What if it goes wrong? What if there is something wrong with it, and you've got it in your arm now? You can't unvaccinate yourself. Mm. Well, you know that was a fascinating point uh, Marie made on the panel last week, which I hadn't thought of until I heard her say it. Which was, you know, the government's crowing about uh, this low unemployment rate, and yet. 14% of our workforce now are too ill to work. There's been a 38% increase in people who are too sick to work. That's why unemployment's too low. And, wow. and I heard uh, Mike Hosking, you know, he was interviewing Chris Hipkins, was scrabbling around, but he never quite gets to the point. And and on that Hatchard interview I was, I was telling you about, he was quoting a study, I think it was of uh, 77 healthcare workers who received a booster uh, in the UK, and one in 35 de developed uh, damage to their heart. One now, in 35. One yeah. in 35. Now, obviously... Oh, it's very rare. It's very rare. Very yeah, oh, yeah. Governments, yeah. That's um, a coincidence. They three out of every 100,000. They, so, they had yeah. a choice. They had a choice. Yeah. And I mean, there's the other study coming out of Australia, which um, was of, uh, published in Frontiers Immun Immunology, and that was shared uh, around, I think... Um, Children five to eleven year old, eleven years old, vaxxed with Pfizer had reduced immune response to viral and bacterial pathogen pathogens when tested twenty eight days later. And after after six months, their ability um, to deal with bacteria had improved, but their uh, their ability to deal with viruses was still severely impaired. They've got VADs. What well, what um what people in New Zealand have failed to grasp is that we weren't early. We weren't first. We weren't all of these things that were claimed by the politicians. That we, we saw it all were, coming. We all saw coming. it all coming. And what's going to happen now, because we've been nine months to a year behind the rest of the world, is that and, and, you know, I, I shared a, a report the other day that's coming out of the UK where they've, they've discovered all of this data that had been hidden, which has showed a massive catastrophic effect, negative effect on health and also excess deaths as a result of the vaccines. And that's coming here to us, and it's So, so let, let's get this right. They knew that that was the case. How could you not? We all knew. How did they not know? You had now the current prime minister right at the epicenter. He was the, what, the response minister? He was minister. the COVID-19 And also he was minister. involved in the health ministry. I think he Even was if they didn't know, it no, was no, an but, but appalling this is, risk to take. Okay, that's Maybe. stupid. But when you do know... That's deliberate. You're leading people potentially to their death. That's what's, That's where the rubber hits the road. That's, a that's why what he said when we played that just before is so, well, what's the word? In your face, very well, hard they to deal with. They told people lies. They said. It's been vicious. I mean, but they knew what the downside was. How could they, you ever do they, that? They knew that the Pfizer vaccine didn't stop transmission. They knew that. MedSafe yeah. knew that. It's in the minutes. In fact, in in the film River of, of Freedom, they actually read it out in the, mm. the evidence that MedSafe had that came out after the fact, right? Kirsten so, Murphy did great work on that. Yeah. You know, so they knew they knew it was neither safe but they nor They knew effective. that there were terrible adverse effects as well. They knew that yeah. as well. It wasn't safe and it wasn't effective. They lied to us. And they want us to forget it all. And that's, they, why, that, that's, that's why that movie is so important, because all of those people who went to Wellington, right, and that's all of us on this panel here well, now. I, I wasn't there, I guess. I, I, I didn't yeah. manage to get down there. 
Oh, so oh, it's you and me, Cam. Oh, so, okay, all right. So me and Olivia, all of those of us who went there or at least supported the people who went there, right, we knew this. Yeah, we knew we that. We knew it. But, I mean, the, 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 Chris Hipkins' statement is is a flipping joke, and the whole world is actually laughing at him. Uh, Neil Oliver, you know, mentioned it. Charlie Kirk has been commenting on it. Alex Jones was talking about it. Alex Jones. I mean, they, you know, because they know that it makes them look like an absolute lying toad. He is. Which, of course, he is. Um they watch from a distance, you know, all these other commentators while New Zealand suffered coercion, manipulation and strong arm tactics from Jacinda, um, like not letting Auckland out of its third lockdown until the vaccination rates were up. That's when people really felt the pressure from neighbours, from friends and family. They were told, look, just stop being so selfish. Stop being so selfish, you silly person, and go and inject untested gene therapy into your body. No. If they'd known it was a so gene therapy, they wouldn't have taken it. No, they wouldn't have. But that lockstep um, that you're getting from Justin Trudeau, Emmanuel Macron, um, uh, Chris Hipkins, all saying everybody made their own choice. They've all gotten a memo. It shows you how much they're working off that memo. And it makes a total mockery of um, those who held their principles and, you know, like like many of us. And uh, other people like Don Oliver, who lost their businesses, and even those who went to prison, like Brian Tamaki, um, mm. for the for for you know having the lockdowns, anti-mandate lockdowns during uh, uh, during lockdown, it just makes such a mockery of those who were forced into taking the jab also and are now vaccinated um, without any compensation or help. Um, it was applied military grade psychological manipulation and pressure, which hit, hit people in their livelihoods, um, which is its own special kind of cruel, you know, to hit people in their livelihoods, because it's not just about you. It's gutting your ability to be able to provide for your family and your children. Um, and it happened to so many people. Uh, and then you find yourself, like, like we found ourselves, with no representation in our government. And they ought to be very careful because high-handed dictatorial measures without any representation can piss people enough off that um, it can ignite a revolution. So prison time for him, right? Well, Got to be. Especially, especially when people internalise, once this data starts coming out, you know, the, the, the vaccination advisory uh, group advised the government that uh, you didn't need to vax kids. And uh, so even when Chris Hipkins, this is from the Substack that you sent, actually, Cam, mm. uh, even when Chris Hipkins in his role as COVID-19 response minister was given an out to exempt children, he didn't take it. No. Okay, so sure. something's going to happen right. to him and others, right? Can we agree on that, that there has to be justice served? It's probably a very serious crime in the end. So what well, happens? The, the first thing is, is they get rinsed at the election. And I don't mean you know, 28%. I'm hoping that they just get absolutely devastated uh, as a result of of people's, you know, sick to death. I'm seeing normies discuss it like it's just business as usual, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, of course. You've got to keep going back to those figures out of those surveys of American Democrats, you know, where 50% of them thought people who refused the vax should be locked up in some sort of camp and 30% thought people who refused the vaccination should have the children taken off them. Those figures, I would say, are static within New Zealand as well. There'd be that percentage of labor, hardcore Labour voters who would hold those views as well. Yeah. Well, it's it's, where to put the, the, deck, the deck chairs on the, on the deck of the Titanic. It's not re like re it's rearranging them. them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess at least they're all vaxxed. It's yeah. got to, it's got to I play hope out. They I hope still, they I mean, are all sadly. vexed. I, yeah. I hope they are all vexed. They <clears> can, I hope they've they had their triple boosters. Yeah, and their new, you know, bivalent one. Let's get that into their arms as well. But I, I didn't, I didn't hear the Hosking. You mentioned it, Marty. The Hosking IV with um, Hipkins. Um, Very doubled I, down. Yeah, he just doubled down. Uh, that, but I've heard yep, the fact okay. that he he even sort of went there, Hosking. Yeah, it indicates a kind of movement to somewhere. I don't know. I reckon Hosking must have a relative or someone close to him who's injured. That's what happens, right? That's when, when you kind of know. 
Mm. I'm starting yeah. to see the odd little slip. Like they were talking about uh, the stress of the, the the health systems under, and they said this could be behind increasing mortality. Yeah. So I saw that. Was that. The... It was like, whoops! Oh, we yeah. let that one out. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, it's like drinking water too quickly or going out in the sun for too long. Can yeah. you imagine, though, for the people who are vax injured um, that still have to work as much as they can from their wheelchair or with a chronic condition now, they still have to pay tax to the government that has done that to them. I, I can't. I, no, no, Olivia, it was a choice. They chose it themselves. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, far out when you think about what started off the Boston Tea Party and all the rest of it, taxation without representation. Imagine how aggrieved these people are, you know? Well, yeah, that's right. Like, you know, we've kind of all kind of moved on in a lot of respects about things because we've just stopped talking with people who are just, you know. And we don't have that worry. We can't be bothered with them anymore. We We don't don't have that worry at all. But they do. They've got a ticking time bomb in in themselves. That's why I don't talk about that or, you know, post a lot of stuff about, you know, blood clots or anything, because imagine what that would be like. Especially, yeah, I know much. people who, mm. plenty of people who didn't want to get it, plenty of people who'd split from their partner and the partner went <coughs> off and got the kids vaxxed and then got they got sick. Mm. Um, the number of stories like that, I can't wait to see that film, uh, River of Freedom. I haven't um, tracked it down yet, but. Well, well, imagine what people would have been thinking then. You just described it well there, Marty, when Hipkins came on and said those things. Said that. I, insulting. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, to fight with your microphone like that, Marty. It fell it off. You. That was a bolt out of the blue. That was coincidental <laughs> timing. All right, was, so let's there, move there on was, to. There was God saying we don't need to stop talking about that and move on to the yeah, next. Yeah, move on. Next, okay. next topic. Next on the list is James Shaw's Bachelor of BS. <laughs> yeah, I, I am not really one for gotcha stuff too much, um, particularly around official documents like that. But James Shaw is flying around the world begging for our agricultural sector to be included in our Paris Accord agreements. Um, and it turns out he's not only falsified well, you know, he, he's claiming on LinkedIn to have a BA uh, where he doesn't from the uni- from Victoria University, he dropped out and never completed it. And then somehow he went on to enroll in a UK university and was awarded a Master of Science. And I, I don't know how you do that without a BSc. So and, and also he um, he um, claimed to have started a consultancy organization that he actually worked for that that was founded five years or so uh, before. He's got a a TARDIS, Marty. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, this is excellent journalism from Ian Wishart. And ignored by the mainstream media. Totally, 100% ignored. Yeah, yeah, he he said that he co-founded an outfit in the UK called Future Considerations, and he was a shareholder in it. The only problem on his... Is that on a CV he started says he started working for Future Considerations in 2005. The company was founded in 2002. And on top of that, his um, pecuniary interests register doesn't yeah. show that shareholding. I know you talk a lot about the hopium, um, but what I find is that the left runs on felium a lot. And Float dopium. along on felium. And so you've got this guy doesn't have any scientific tertiary study of climate change is just absolutely sure. It's a bit like when uh, Jacinda Ardern, when she left uh, office, was being given a patsy interview by uh, one of the uh, ladies in the press gallery. Jessica or Tova? uh, (laughs) Might have been Jessica. But um, she was asked, you know, what she regretted about her term. She said, oh, the protests, you know. I mean, it was just terrible and and all of those people so many of them were just there on the basis of misinformation that just felt wrong and it was kind of like well felt. was it wrong or did it just feel that it was wrong that and, felium that felium uh mentality Marty, yeah, is right through I, our whole language isn't it yeah i might not have knowledge of the subject but if you say that someone who believes it's good then by god i believe it and i'll mm. push it yeah based on your feelings 
And in the t- yeah. case of the greens, there's a fair bit of dopium as well. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make yeah. a lie, though. Uh, I see he said... Um, no, that's uh, lying as a way of life. Yeah, well, it is now. He yeah. said that it was a long time ago that he did his LinkedIn page. Uh, there yeah. you go. Lying as a way of life. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I lied back then, but, you know... I'm, and now I've got to lie to cover it, and I'm going to have that, to lie Yeah, but now global boiling. No, that's but another that, one. That, that trumps read... lying. That trumps lying, global boiling. The planet's more important. It doesn't matter that I lied on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, I, I read back through the submission under the Paris Agreement, um, which was updated in November 2021, and it had this uh, little snippet in it. New Zealand is in the process of decoupling emissions from economic growth. <laughs> Although emissions continue to grow off the back of strong economic and population growth. Oh, population. The policies and measures we are putting in place now will make an impact towards reducing our emissions. Or collapsing so, the birth rate. Well, it's it's an eerie coincidence that our economic growth is um, second to last in, in uh, the We're world, in Mozambique, uh, aren't we? Uh, Equatorial Guinea oh, edged us out of Equatorial Guinea was oh, of last place and Robbo's great leap backwards. <laughs> yeah, backwards. Mm. But yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think it's what he's done is illegal. Strictly, I mean, it's more illegal than a lot of stuff uh, Donald Trump's been subpoenaed for. Mm. Maybe uh, that's the only way he could pick up girls at the time. By falsifying a CV. But who lies about their qualifications? Like, that's really oh. low-down, dirty, um, dirty. Little, a little narcissist. Stuff. A little narcissist yeah. would do that, right? little, the, you know. The point is well types. made that if it were uh, the leader of a, a, a more right-leaning party, uh, the there would be widespread clutching of pearls and... Yeah, well, yeah. You, you At get, least you get sacked on the right if you say, "Do you know who I who I am?" But yeah, yeah. you know, do you know what I've done? Yeah, do you know what I've done? Do you well, know what I'm qualified I read, your, at? I, link, I read your LinkedIn profile. Looks like a lot. Oh yes, yeah. work of fiction, like all of their policies. But he yeah. knew that was ticking away, but had no. But it's just like Michael Woods. Just well, like they, Michael they Wood. backed the biggest uh, hoax. Ever invented? Oh, there you go. Yeah, of course. You know, so, got of course, so what's a little small lie about? It's a little little kink. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a wrinkle. Do you think it'll have any downside effect? We'll talk about the poll shortly. We got um, um, we're going to get Biden unless it gets into the mainstream media, and they're all a lot. I mean, if you look at the survey that was done recently on the political leanings of New Zealand media, it's like ninety percent left wing. Or hard left, yeah, right, which well, includes it, the Greens. So they're all a lock for the. And if Labor's going down, they're in it for the Greens. Yeah, right? yeah. they are uh, people it's like the safety people shoot. like John John yeah. Campbell and Nikki Hager. They're all Green voters. Well, right? the Greens vote went up after Materia Ture uh, admitted to benefit fraud. So yeah, maybe that worked in their favour. Lying well, is a way of life. Sticking it to the man. All right. Okay, let's Old get woman. to to impeachment <laughs> inquiry of, of Biden. Is, I haven't caught up with this lately, uh, Olivia. Is this going ahead? Are they, are oh, they... well, let me enlighten you, although yes, it's, please. you know, and darken you perhaps. Um, the GOP is moving closer and closer to a potential impeachment inquiry. Remember that an impeachment inquiry is not the same thing as an impeachment trial, but it's a first start. Uh, Joe Biden's presidency, to me, can be described in one word, and that's nihilism. I've never seen anything so consistently destructive and valueless. His dementia has been a godsend to mask his incompetence and destruction to America policies and actions. The, the, dementia, di- the dementia is going to make him get away with incompetence, put it that way. Um, Newt Gingrich has said that a Biden impeachment is inevitable. Newt's pretty angry these days at what's happening to his country. Um, so the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, doesn't seem overly keen on an impeachment inquiry, but he's under so much pressure from Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bolbert and people like that in his own party. So, so Kevin is making it really clear that the process by which the House would pursue such an escalation 
an impeachment inquiry, um, but also making up a, a big differentiation between how the Democrats did it to Trump and how the House GOP intends to do it to Biden. And that is by the book. I don't know if you remember, but Nancy Pelosi, she didn't even get a vote from the House oh. for an impeachment inquiry. She just did a lovely big proclamation that the House was conducting an impeachment into Trump. So the GOP want to do things constitutionally by the book, and it's wise for them to do that. Um, McCarthy is, you know, he basically is doing that so that when they, if they do go to a proper impeachment trial, that there's credence and credibility to such an eventual move. Um, he's so, uh, he, he'd require a vote in the House to open the inquiry. Um, and Didn't they get that, the vote? Yeah, well, because it's a Republican controlled House. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they have done the vote yet. They're, they're only looking at an impeachment inquiry at this stage, which is oh. the gathering of evidence to see if there is enough there for an impeachment. Yeah. Uh, it's all the There schemes. is enough there, though. They've, they've got the receipts. They've got the no, no, bank but, deposits. They've got it all. That's well, that, right. But, but an inquiry allows you to drip feed that over a period of weeks and months. Because remember, they can have an impeachment in the House, but it's got to go to the Senate. The problem yep. is the Senate's controlled by the Democrats, so they don't actually want to have an impeachment. They just want to have a rolling mall of bad news against the Biden crime okay. family. Yeah, well, 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 equivalence well, is what they're after. It, I so think, um, yeah, look, the the all the schemes and the influence peddling, which amounts to bribery scheme, schemes, uh, that they all have Joe Biden at the very centre of them while he's consistently denied that I've got nothing to do with any of my son's dealings in the Ukraine or China. Which he's the smartest all... person I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he said about The most intelligent person I know. Probably the greatest artist who's ever yeah, lived guy, as well. The Burisma guy said he was dumber than his dog, so. Yeah, but remember that Devin Archer, Hunter's business partner, said in a July interview uh, with the Oversight Committee that, uh, Joe Biden was selling the illusion of access to his father and often dialed his father into business meetings uh, with foreign cli clients. So once they've got all the facts on that, but they're not. Here's the thing, though, is that um, uh, just finding my little bit. It, people, I've often been really frustrated as to why Republicans don't just aggressively activate the 25th Amendment, which, you know, clarifies the succession of the presidency in the case of a president having a disability, because yeah. Joe Biden clearly has dementia. But in order to do that, it actually can only be invoked by the vice president, which, of course, is uh -oh. <laughs> yep, and never, and she needs 15 votes from the cabinet secretaries also to support her to do well, they, that. So They probably don't want her in there. So that's, that would be holding them back. Yeah, so they're they're never going to do it. But I mean, bottom line is that they've done they've asked for all these FOIA requests and they've been given all these emails that um, were withheld up till now. And now uh, Coma has received the emails and they've all been redacted. He said it's two hundred pages of redacted emails. So the bribery will be in those emails clearly. Yep clearly written there and that's why they've been given uh in a redacted form so bottom line is they're going to keep pushing because you've got to have clear evidence that there is bribery but we know now of course that biden uses all these uh pseudonyms what's his, that email address that he has the pedo pete one um peter l what's his yeah. name Robin, somebody, I've got them written down here. Uh, There's so much coming out. There's one where uh, Hunter's talking. Robin Ware, Robert And Peters. he says, don't don't worry, you'll get all the money this time. I don't have to um, split this one with Dad. Yeah. Um, and the, the question is, though, um, is They still Hunter, need the documents, though, to show you. Is, is Hunter taking advantage of his money. father's dementia, or is Joe really in control? No, I I think uh, no. This was in his vice president. Joe, Joe Biden. Jill's completely. in control. So it's Jill. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there are about twelve Biden well, Jill family will members. Know. She'll, she'll had, know. She'll um, know the score. Who had right. companies that this so, money was channeled through, and so it's not just about influence peddling. There's money laundering, but you know, above yeah. all else, you know, they had when when they put that coup together, um, Burisma was very friendly with the deposed government. 
and so the the theory at this stage is that what they did was cozied up to the went you know straight cut out the middleman went straight to the leader of the most powerful country on earth's son put him on the board of of Burisma, and that's how they got uh victor shokin fired but yeah. what what's most distasteful for me isn't the it's up to about 30 million now i think has been shuffled around it's that half a half a million ukrainians are dead that's right and, and the only reason they're dead is because america under the leadership of joe biden who's received uh, for all <laughs> as, as far as it seems at the moment received mu bribery money from that government millions going. yeah the, the million atm people. the atm yeah. for those guys yeah i yeah, know a lot of, i knew a lot of ukrainians and they fantastic people i really that uh that's tragic it, some of them some of them are okay i mean it's like any people anywhere you've got your yeah. your thuggish peasants amongst them of oh, course sure. as well yeah, but the truth is is the, the, the Biden family has already been under investigation by the various House committees. That's been going on for at least a year. But as long, so long as Joe Biden is, you know, the head, the president, um, and controls the Justice Department through Merrick Garland, the twisting and the squirming and the cover-ups will just continue. And he's there. He's completely protecting his son. Um, Did you hear Tucker Carlson say, look, they can't do COVID again. People aren't going to buy that. There are only options to start World War Three Within the year, he thinks. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned that on the yeah, last week, I think, Paul, and that's um, yeah. that's shocking. I mean, really, I mean, that's – that's. I don't. I hope it doesn't go to that, but these oh, people sure are so do. evil and so corrupt. <laughs> it probably will. Okay, then, uh, let's uh, back home and the polls. Roy Morgan poll. Well, it's not just Roy Morgan. There's actually this week been three polls that have come out. Roy Morgan on okay. Monday. Uh, on uh, Thursday, there were two polls that were released. One was the new post poll um, from some crowd in Australia, but their front person in New Zealand is a former National Party activist called Tim Hurdle. And then there's the Talbot Mills poll, which is Labour Party's own internal pollsters, and that's been leaked. But they're all saying pretty much the same thing, that Labour is uh, either on 30 in the case of the Talbot Mills poll or well into the 20s, uh, according to Roy Morgan and the Post poll. And what we're seeing now, and I spoke about this with David Farrar on The Crunch last night, um, what he's seeing, and it's something he's never seen before in New Zealand politics, is that Labour is bleeding support to every party. Oh. It's, not, it's not just um, going to the Greens, uh, it's going to national it's going to ACT, it's going to New Zealand First, and it's going to the Greens and even to the Maori Party as well. So my so they're all scattering. They're all scattering like... They're bailing out of the Labour Party. They've become political cancer. And uh, they're in what I would call a doom spiral. Um, and it's only going only to go one way. And the problem that Labour has is that all their workers and campaign people are looking at, they look at one poll and they go, oh, oh that, gee, that 20, 26%, oh, that's really bad. That's when we replaced Jacinda, remember, um, at 26%. And it demoralizes them. Then they get another poll that confirms that. And then the polls become self-fulfilling. And you get this wave of despair amongst your volunteers. Your MPs are looking at these numbers and going, well, that's I need me. to find a new job. <laughs> That's me gone, right? Literally, like you, you're looking at MPs who've thought they're, they're safe because of the majorities that they got at the last election, and that's evaporated. And that's the other thing David Farrar said to me. Governments in New Zealand traditionally change on a 5 to 6% swing, sometimes up to a 10% swing. What we're seeing with the Labour Party is they've lost 50% of their vote from the 2020 election. Okay, that's that's it's huge. Unheard of for wow, a government for a governing party to lose half of their support in just three years. It's unheard of. It's never happened before. So Jacinda Ardern and Chris Hipkins, 
can claim that it was a historic you know, MMP election where they had a majority, well, the second half of that historic uh, aspect is coming now. They're going to be uh, suffering the largest swing uh, ever seen in New Zealand politics. And I, I guess pol- that's what happens when you when you run a whole campaign on one issue called a, a hoax pandemic. Do you know? Well, Cause the, I mean, 2020 re- was the, the COVID election, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Did you read Alex Holland's um, summary of Labour's It's not failure? a summary. It's a comprehensive well, list that goes well, pages went, and pages and pages. I went to print it off for the show, and I you thought, know. I can't waste that much printer ink. <laughs> it, it went to something like 20 pages. Yeah, like my, my printer was saying, add more paper, add more paper. Yeah. Add more. <laughs> it, wasn't like, it wasn't like they were, you know, had the worst ones up the top and then, you know, got more and more minor. It was pretty homogenous, just disastrous numbers. Yeah. I, mean, I mentioned earlier that the second to worst um, economic growth, but I mean, there were, I mean, it was regarded like, as one of the worst places in the world um, in, in another survey, I think several from the bottom, but good Lord. But like, um, you know, I've, just, I've been canvassing, trying to get a gut feel to allow me to put a stake in the ground and say, well, this is like this year or that year or whatever year. And it's really interesting. I was talking to Winston and I said, what does this feel like to you on the ground? And he said it feels a lot like um, feels a lot like uh, uh, what year did he say? Nineteen ninety six. Back in nineteen twenty six. Yeah, no, no. He said he said yeah. it's a lot like when 96. he came in. He said it's a lot like ninety six, right? Where the minor parties were picking up support and gathering momentum, and you know he ended up with a lot of MPs in nineteen ninety six. He said it feels like that. But I talked to Judith Collins and she said to me, no, Cam, this is a lot like um, 1990. It feels like, a which of course was Jim Bolger's landslide where he ended up with a whole bunch of morons in there causing him knowing you know, Gilbert Miles and his band of idiots. Um, yeah, and right. that's the problem when you end up with a, uh, you know, certainly under first past the post, when you end up with a massive landslide, you end up with a whole bunch of idiots. And I guess that's the problem that, that David Seymour's facing now. He's looking at a percentage uh, score in this election that's going to deliver him um, some really strange people that are in his caucus, which is probably why he's having a massive cull at the moment. But hasn't he got rid of the good ones? Well, you know, people have been speaking the truth. Um, they're being cut, culled out, you know, because, be of, later. because of social media posts, you know, from 10 years ago in some instances. It's just ridiculous. Well, he's <laughs> revealed himself in that, hasn't he? He's, well, he's, he's a totalitarian but they've gone down. I see. I I was surprised to see that that they've sort of ebbed slightly. Well, uh, I I expect that. Like I I actually reckon that act will probably land about ten or eleven percent. And David Seymour said that himself. You know, at my staff barbecue, he was there, and he was saying, "Oh, look, I I think act is at best a ten percent party, and anything over that's a complete bonus. But it'll always be around a you know somewhere between five and ten percent." And I thought to myself at the time. Gosh, you're limiting yourself here, especially with a weak national party. Well, he was talking. He was talking it up in another interview. He said they they weren't so worried about the numbers, but they were interested in who would consider voting for ACT. And he put that at twenty six percent, and and said, "Oh, that's that's our goal." It was interesting. Without wanting to trigger Olivia, uh, it was interesting to see the um, split between men and women in that uh, Roy Morgan poll. Yeah, Uh, the ladies. You know, quarter of them, eighteen to forty-nine, voting green, uh, as opposed to tw- uh, for for men, that's thirty. High agreeability, but there wasn't that much variability in terms of sex between national and labour, which made me wonder. Look, if Luxon had hair, he'd just be tearing away with this. Just wear a wig. <laughs> he'd look more like David. Brayton no, no, ever. there is one thing worse than a bald man. And that's a bald man with a wig. Like, like <laughs> you can honestly, get the the punch and grow. Like, like yeah. Well, that's even worse. Like, you know, rows of corn growing there. <laughs> you just look yeah. at them and you think, mate, did you did you seriously like? You must have a dirty mirror or something. Like, it's <laughs> obvious that that that's a flip top head that you've got there. That's just like you know, it's it it never works. You're better off just going to the gym and building a massive neck and traps. 
Yeah, massive neck and traps, or, or you know, actually getting some testosterone in there so you can actually grow hair. Yeah, hey, testosterone. What kill? That's why bald men, and I speak for myself here. Uh, you know, you, you don't get a bald unit, Cam. It's it's our it's our huge <laughs> amounts of testosterone that cause it. Unfortunately, it's just a it's the price we have to pay. Mm. Uh, um, well, I don't mind bald men. Uh, I have to you. say, and many of us women find you know hair or no hair still attractive. You want to uh, run your hand over the. It over depends the, on um, other things. Handy you know? to check, check your lipstick in the reflection on our scalp. Yeah, the shiny ones. Hey, I want to know, Cameron, maybe um, the others too have a view on this. The Labour Party people, they must have thought they were geniuses in doing all the right things, and here they are, they've got a train wreck on their hands. How do they explain that to themselves? Well, they're narcissists. It's sexism, right. racism. People yeah. just weren't ready for it. Yeah, misogyny, I mean, misogyny. Um, yeah. Or they'll just come up with ra yeah, racism, all sorts of stuff they'll come up with. Uh, around that, but you know, you know what's really interesting about all of these three polls is that once you get past uh, New Zealand first, everyone is nowhere. Like literally, you know, Maori Party case between two point four and four percent in these polls, but um, the, I don't know why Top keeps getting listed. They're, they're hovering around one percent, and none of the other. Uh, so, you know, what they call the freedom parties are scoring anywhere near uh, anything close to 2%. And, and again, that's a thing that David Farrer and I discussed on the crunch last night is what is the what is the, the threshold that you need to be at at this point in the election campaign to ensure that your supporters' votes count and secondly, to get you over the line. And his... His uh, analysis over years and years of polling uh, and analysing it, you know, right back as far as you can go, he says you you really need to be uh, on on a very solid four percent uh, at this point of the election to be able to rock it through and get to the five percent. Anything mm. less than four percent at this point in the election campaign, you're actually doing your supporters a disservice. And uh, you should fold up your tent and uh, and pull out before the um, you know the voting papers are created because you're actually just wasting everybody's time. And are there are there actual stats on the minor parties apart from Voters United survey? Um, well, Voters United surveys uh, are not scientific. Uh, you can tell that by the way they're lopsided and supported by one or two particular parties. And that is because it's a self-selecting survey. People can come in and they can join in and, and get all their friends to to vote on it. So I, I, I'm sorry, I can't take Voters United uh, seriously. Yeah, I, I admire that they've put something together and they're trying to educate people. I really admire them for doing that. Um, but I think that those surveys are misleading people in a very material way. And in six short weeks... Um, there's going to be a lot of people who have been quoting the Voters United uh, surveys and saying this is going to happen and this person's potential to be a prime minister as a result of these surveys, and they're going to get a very rude and very sudden shock come uh, well, the following well, day after the election. Especially when, um, you know, you've, I, I'm a, I have voted New Conservative in the past, I think mm. a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and now you just watch... We just watched Ted Johnson resign and start a new party called Unity. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. That is true. Because that that's just unbelievable. That that shows you that there's not a seriousness there with the minor parties to take, as we were talking and you've talked about it on the crunch cam before, that it it's really hard to get a successful party off the ground and to hold it there year after year after year after year after year. And you've got to do that for 30 years. Exactly, 20, 30 years. And so I'm kicking myself a little bit now for, I don't I don't regret voting New Conservatives, but also I voted for Jamie White when he was leading ACT mm. um, back then, and it was a conscience vote. But look, another person that was, I, I then saw an interview with him and his wife. It was sort of an at-home-with-the-family type thing, and I could see that his wife hated him running in politics. It was 
she did not have a, a positive thing to say about it. She And I thought, that man will fail. His wife is not behind him. They're not serious about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit done with quickly thrown together minor parties um my, my hopium i've you know i've i've wised you, up yeah 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 i mean and, you know, i admire these people who create these parties i really do right because they're actually standing up there saying hey look at me i'm i'm i've got some ideas here but the reality of of the the system the whole process is it just grinds you down and unless you've got that stickability or some core things that allows you to keep coming back. And, you know, let's do, if we're talking about minor parties, we have to talk about New Zealand first, right? He has been in and out and in and out and in and out over 30 years. That's how much, if even then when he, when he fails, when Winston fails, he doesn't give up. He keeps going. No, and that's that's the thing is that what happens is that a minor party gets thrown together because the others are so bad, and they are. I don't deny that they they are so bad. Um, but from one election to another, which is you know only three years, it's only three years. They've completely changed, or they've lost their leader, or they've rejigged it in such a way that nobody is hanging in there from the previous election. It's pathetic. It's ridiculous. It's completely put me off them so in this election. Pe- yeah, so this is exactly what I've been saying to people who have been listening to the crunch as I try and educate them about politics, is that you have like there's things that there's things that I want to see in a political party, but no political party has a hundred percent of what I want. So when I'm choosing a, a party to vote for, and for the last um, you know five elections, I've voted for a different party in each election. So. I'm looking. I'm looking at political party. I mean, them. Some of them are doubled up. Like one year I voted for them, the next year I didn't. I voted for another party, and then I've went and revisited them because they then improved or whatever. But I look for things that are going to give me the majority of what I'm looking for. L- let's say seventy percent or eighty percent, and I look at it and I cast across and I go, well, you know, um, I used to vote national, you know, uh, all the time. And I haven't voted national for the last four elections. Uh, they're just not in the running for me. And so it's just hilarious when people accuse me of being a national party shell because I'm not. I voted ACT. Uh, I've I voted um, New Zealand first. Um, and I've considered voting um, at one stage even for the Maori party because I believed in what those leaders were trying to achieve. And that, was when, <laughs> that was when Tariana Turia was there with Peter Sharples, and I admired them for what they stood up for and the fact that they didn't do what a lot of minor party uh, politicians do, leave a bigger party and, and try not to have uh, <clears throat> a by-election. Tariana Turia said, I, I'm leaving the Labour Party. I don't like what they're doing. And she held a by-election, and she won it. And you have to admire them when they do that. Yeah, it takes only, a lot of guts. The yeah. only other person who's done that in the last thirty years is Winston Peters. Yeah, right. But but also, yeah, I mean, the emails and the text. They, yeah. they, well, the thing is, though, right? You have to say, I want my vote to count. I want it to not be thrown in the bin because it didn't meet the threshold. So I look at a political party that's going to be. Over 4% six weeks out from the election, the possibility with some great uh, coverage of hitting that 5%, sometimes I've missed out. But I'm okay with that because I thought they could get there. But there's a lot of people out there who are supporting parties that are never going to get there. And and you, you can text into the show, you can complain about my comment, but I'm talking about facts and having 40-plus years involved in commentating or involved in politics. And most of the people that are supporting these smaller parties have been here for five minutes. Okay. And, all right, yeah. So I'm not being mean. I'm not being horrible. I admire all of these people for putting their name forward for public office and having the gumption to stand up when many, many people don't. I admire them for that. But what I don't admire is their... Uh, is there continuing on on what is called a forlorn hope? No, and I mean, I would admire them a lot more. As a classic minor party voter, I would admire them a lot more if they actually 
uh, were still there after three consecutive elections. Yeah. It's hard to keep up that intensity. And they're, and they're though, not. Hmm. And also, I mean, my father was, I think, uh, what was his position? Vice, vice president of the Christian Heritage Party. This is many, many years ago, many, many years ago. And, They you nearly know, got there. They nearly got there. Well, what, under Graham Capel? Yeah. That's yeah. the thing is they nearly got Shudder. there. Shudder. Yeah. And, and I know, and I happen to know that because of, you know, my father was involved in the senior levels of the National Party. The National Party was really trying to help them get there, and they were really disappointed when in those elections they didn't get there. But they nearly did, just but like it, Colin Craig nearly got But imagine if that had there. happened, and then what happened with Graham Capel had come out. I mean, just evil, despicable stuff. Because- well, that's why news conservatives really need to fold their hand. They're never going to get the smell of Graham Capel or Colin Craig out of it. No. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I funnily enough, I'd forgotten that they actually morphed into that. I, I mm, exactly. you know, even I had forgotten my and my, mm. you know, some of my family members were involved. So I, I don't know if that's true, Marty. I think you can get past it, but it's more that in the last the last time I was uh, voting for New Zealand First. Uh, sorry, I've never voted New Zealand First. New Conservatives. Um, it was Leighton Baker and Elliot Ikilei. I think, having oh, said that, look, I think I, I might have voted for Leighton Baker. At, at, yeah, and, but I mean, now and yeah. then at the protest, I was saying, you know, obviously some rift He's a happened. fine man. He's a fine yeah. man, Leighton Baker. Well, they're Baker. both fine men, but they don't yeah. seem to get on enough for them to all have the stickability to keep growing that party. So I'm like, ah. Oh. They're, they're fine men, but politically naive. Leighton Baker has stood for seven elections and not one. Right, mm-hmm. like, like, this is like trying socialism one more time to see if it works. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised when National put um, someone who hadn't won his seat in in charge of winning the election. Chris Bishop, he won a yeah. seat. He won a seat. Did he? Yeah, he won in twenty seventeen. What What was his oh, seat? But not the last one. No, not no one in National won a seat in the twenty twenty. <laughs> that was a bloodbath. That was an aber- aberration. Okay. Chris Bishop's um, very capable, very capable, uh, arrogant, 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 but very, very capable. And if you know his father, you know where he gets his arrogance from. So so just one more thing on that then. All I want to say is that the wisdom, and Cam, you have often said this, and you're not the only one that has often said this, but the best way is to infiltrate a party. Absolutely. And and influence it. White hand them. Um, and no, no, don't white hand them. That never oh, works. No, right? no, they, you no. get in there and you be the best volunteer. You oh, okay. offer to. You offer to. Oh, look, I'll tell you what. I'll do the membership, right? That's, that's the most boring job that there is. I'll help with the fundraising. I'll do this. I'll be on the committee. Political parties are streaming out for people to help, and people in the freedom movement and some of these minor parties like New Conservative, and I know people in the in the New Conservative Party, they're on the board in the New Conservative Party. They've stood for the New Conservative, and I respect them and I admire them. And one of them even writes for me on the BFD, and that's, that's Dewa Deboa. And I have immense respect for him and oh, his beliefs. Oh, he's a good guy. Right? Totally good guy, but politically naive. And, and he would be uh, able to take that if I said that to his face, which I have. Yeah, he you know, would, but he is less naive than correct. He is many now, others. and he and he knows that it's it's a hard road to hoe. But the reality is is that the that major parties struggle with volunteers, and so all of the people in these freedom movements need to infiltrate. I said this to the libertarians. I said this to ACT people back in the day when there was only one MP. Go and join the National Party. Go and join New Zealand First. Go and join, you know, a party, even go and join the Labour Party and get in there and start influencing things by being the best volunteer that there is in that electorate. And eventually you'll be in a position where you or someone similar can put their name forward for the best volunteer you can be. Yeah, but those but those globalist parties are never going to promote an individualist thinker. I do not believe they would. Yeah, they will not let them rise through the ranks. No, you, I think you, if, if there was a party that started streaking off that was a populist nationalist party, I think uh, there'd there be one. a grand coalition of Labour and National before you could say a clash. Well, see, that's oh, a worry no, because think, that's just happened a, in Germany. It's lurking. 
No, I think there's a there's a more sinister uh, uh, scenario that could happen because I know that the National Party loathe the ACT Party and the people in the ACT Party because they remember where the ACT Party comes from and it comes from Labour. Comes from the left. Comes from the left. Okay, right? so what? So where so, are you heading, Cam? Yeah, where I'm this? heading on this is that I could see a situation where because of David Seymour's behaviour during the campaign and what he's constantly doing is attacking the National Party and all that, he thinks that they're going to say, well, I've got no choice, I'm going to have to have the ACT Party. I can see a scenario with Christopher Luxon, who's wetter than an otter's pocket, reaching out across to the Green Party who are hungry for power. Ooh, okay. Right? Yeah. And saying, I'll tell you what, how about we form a coalition with New Zealand First and the Greens, and I'll have Winston here to keep an eye on you guys from being crazy, but it'll mean that we can destroy Which the It should be act. a full-time job. Yeah, but it means that we can destroy the ACT Party. And I've seriously heard National Party people talking about that op- that opportunity. I've never heard a New Zealand first person saying it, right? But I could see that happening because of how woke and wet that Christopher Luxon is and the top five people in that party in the National Party, Christopher Bishop, Nicola mm. Willis, right? Okay. They are so wet, it's not funny. And, yeah, so totally uninspiring on every level. Imagine how bad that would be. But I think what's going to actually happen is that you're going to see – I mean, we're seeing it in the polls. National's not rising a huge amount. It's up and down 1%. They're they're mired in the low 30s. Uh, There's one poll that Talbot Mills has said 36. It's still, you know, middling. They're going to need ACT and New Zealand first. And, you know, if Christopher Luxon was smart, he'd he'd do that deal because it will give him a majority that's a, a reasonable one, that it can account for a couple of fools doing crazy stuff. And also it allows him to marginalise the more extreme parts of ACT. And it also allows him to let Winston Peters do some of the things that he won't do because he's so woke. But he can say, oh, well, you know, as part of the coalition agreement, I have to... Could he handle that, the inquiry stuff that Winston's been talking about, you know? I'm thinking more along um, the the stuff that, like, Christopher Luxon won't touch any Maori issues. He just won't. Um, But Winston can touch those all day long, right? Because you can't call him a racist because he is Maori. Or Shane Jones. Great So, So New Zealand First can do some of the stuff that needs to be done uh, particularly around unraveling co-governance and all of those things, that that Christopher Luxon would have an excuse and say, "Well, it's part of the coalition agreement, and you know, we're going to have to do this." And Winston's going to front all of that, and Shane Jones is going to do that, and it absolves him of any sort of guilt, uh, you know, woke guilt that he'd have from having to do that. He can also use Winston Peters to mitigate the the excesses of the Act Party that uh, that really make you know. Uh, particularly women voters, a little nervous about voting act. Wow. You heard okay. it here first. Yeah, you well, did. Well, what what is... surprised me about that Roy Morgan poll was that um, it had 56% of electors said New Zealand was heading in the wrong oh. direction. How can it be that low? It reminded me <clears throat> of that George Carlin quip, think about how stupid the average person is and realise half of them are stupider than that. And and what did Winston Churchill say? The greatest argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. And, I mean, that was in the 40s where where people actually were more intelligent. And truer words were never spoken. I keep bringing it back to, you know, you think that it's just an accident that 55% of kids get through school functionally illiterate. Yeah. it, uh, It serves a valuable purpose. But anyway, to, to, to wind what you're saying up, Cam, yeah. and all of us really, is that when you go to vote, knowing your conscience is involved and should be, yes. you're looking at an approximation of values, yes. not somebody that is your guru or your pastor in chief <laughs> or your, you know, <laughs> you need an approximation of values and that's good enough for you to say, 
look, this is where I'm going to cast my vote. But, I, you know, we're always going to be disappointed about something, but I don't want to be disappointed on the big things anymore. No, I know? think there's more important things. So I think that, that the right-left paradigm is over. It's finished, right? When you, you've had a flip-flopping around, you've got national that's to the left of the Democratic Party in, in the United States, um, they're left of where National were when, or they're actually to the left of Helen Clark, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they're not the same parties that they were in the past, and this right-left paradigm is over. What we are now looking at is a paradigm uh, between uh, control and freedom or, uh, or globalism, globalism and nationalism. Uh, you that's know, that's the important one right yeah, there, right there. So like yeah. if you, you, you need to look at a party that's going to say no to the WEF, yeah. it's going to say, no, we're not going to have, uh, our country governed by the WHO or the United Nations. Mm. And, and, and there is only one party that's actually saying that that's that, capable of getting there. And, you know, in are my, you going to say New Zealand first? No, you are. You just said it. Well, okay. Uh, oh, well, I, I, I will but say But nationalism, they're on no, board. But, uh, David Seymour is always making those noises too. He's the but one he's, that originally said that they, we need to withdraw from the UN. But he's a globalist as well. Oh, I know. I've, I've heard him say, oh, you know, just and a worm. say they're useless and they couldn't achieve anything and we don't have to worry about them. No, they, they're actually organised and sorted and that, that don't ever give them a chance. You know, the slippery slope is real. Driving a wedge is real. If you open the door, those guys will shoulder through it, right? You just don't give them the chance. And we need to divorce ourselves from that and literally promote uh, New Zealand as the best little country in the world, bar none. And by the way, we're shutting the doors. We, we, we're going to be looking after New Zealand first and foremost, and we're not going to worry about contributing to all of these other things around the world when we have got an economy on its knees. Yeah, uh, we've we've got um, we've got an anti we've got you know the two major parties who are actually economic saboteurs, you know over and we've got proof of that over thirty years. Right? Well, um, that that person needs to be very convicted that that's a line they're going to hold and extremely brave. Yeah, and good at communicating it because the, the WF and all of the all of the elites in the world are going to mount a, a vigorous attack to make sure that that it, this doesn't take hold in New Zealand, that nationalism doesn't take hold in New Zealand because yeah. because we are seen as the bellwether for the rest of the world. They try stuff here. We're the marketing test, the tester. Yeah. Testing That's why we're getting a BlackRock office. Well, That's I right. mean, the, the rise of the BRICS nations, you know, we talk a lot about America, but we don't talk enough about that mm. revolution that's we happening. We could join that. You know, you've got China and Russia building major trade routes. Everyone sort of talks about, oh, it's about they want to make a currency. The currency isn't the primary goal with those guys. It's it's basically just a means to trade, reconcile trade and store surpluses. It's not the currency uh, that they want. It's the control they want. That, well, it's it's the lack of control by Uncle Sam. And, and yeah, getting out from under that. Yeah, yeah. Um, America has just overplayed its hand, and um, you know that's going to be an option for New Zealand. I would guess in the next six years or so. That, they, that's the thing that concerns me is that America was a bastion for freedom for two centuries, and mm -hmm. and they're lost now. They well, really I mean, if they lost. if if they get Trump back in twenty twenty four, and you know that we all They'll know that they, yeah, the, but they're going to. Well, let's hope he's not assassinated. But, well, that's the other thing Tucker said. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but if they get Trump back. Then you know I I will chance. be a, and I will be an absolute stalwart for staying with our traditional allies like America. But it's very difficult to make that argument when we're watching it being run by a totally nihilistic president well, who's got we, dementia. We don't we don't ever want to cozy up to China or Russia or well, any of the. Then we can do not, business though. We can. Well, do New this. Zealand already has though. I know, it's but trade. it's appalling. You know, yeah. look at, at the control that comes in doing business. Look, we run in a three-year election cycle. The Chinese are running thousand and two thousand-year plans. They made they made Adolf Hitler's thousand-year Reich look like well, that's kindergarten. Yeah, right? but remember, the Chinese have um, after all that communism, starting with Mao, they 
they made their people hate them in the sense that they destroyed all their old old imperial China. Um, you know, it's a lot to get out from under the jackboot of a totalitarian. You wouldn't want to be in the oh, same sure situation does. that Ukraine is in if you're New Zealand. You don't want to be the platform. I, I for guess I'm, proxy I'm. I guess I'm saying that the, the Chinese Communist Party has destroyed all its own traditional values. But you know what they um, say: is you vote socialism in, you have to shoot your way out of it. Yeah, you <laughs> have to shoot your way out. That was let's, Ayn Rand that said that. Let, let's leave it there because we're coming up against the time. Um, that's our political panel for this Friday. Uh, thank you to Olivia Pearson. Thank you, Olivia, Marty Gibson, and Cam Slater. You're hey, most welcome, welcome Paul. Uh, I'm going to go back and listen to the replay of um, of what you um, gave us the heads up. Um, yeah, looking forward show, to it, Cam. Cam, uh, before the uh, well, before the weekend's over. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll get back here in a week's time and do it all again. Have a Very great good. week. Thanks. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.